Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, this is a special Patreon episode. Please, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for the Great Mink Car Debate. Bangs above your eyes, your hair hangs. Blue my mind, your royal flyness, I take you What's up, everybody? We've got an international crew here, and we've got two teams, teams of two, two teams of two, and we've got a team that is pro Mink Car. We think that Mink Car is awesome, and that would be yours truly, and my friend Steve Clark, who you've heard previously on the I've Got a Fang episode, and probably before this, I think you'll also hear him on the James K. Polk episode. So, welcome back, Steve. How's it going? How goes it? <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to take on these guys. How you feeling? You feeling good? I'm feeling pretty confident, but less so now that I used my first words to talk over you in an audio medium. <laughs> We're on the same team, man. Yeah, no, we'll have to uh, like tag out. We'll uh, yeah, we'll hand it off to each yeah. other. We'll be okay. Uh, high five your camera, and I'll know. Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you a a. I'll give you the. Um, <laughs> What they call the the Jesus in um in dogma, the buddy uh, the buddy, buddy Christ, buddy, buddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> buddy Christ. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> okay. And then team anti mink car, uh, we've got two guys over in the UK. We've got Gur Samuel and we've got Rich uh, Jeffries. And how are you fellas doing? Doing very well. Very yeah. well indeed. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had a sudden reschedule. I'm glad we were able to do this for not have to wait too much longer. Because this one, I mean, this has been. I mean, I don't know, uh, Guru. You and I were the ones that talked about it. Uh, we have been, you know, joking back and forth on uh, miscellaneous tea and you know various Facebook places about Mink Car for a couple of months at least, right? Mm. I don't know yeah, if, quite well. Yeah, I don't know if you remember what the first uh, interaction was. I don't. I don't think it ever got mean, but you made you made your presence known to me. I think as being anti mink car, and I was yeah, just so like, I, "What?" I can I can sort of go through where that whole sort of thing came from, if you like. Um, sure. So uh, one of the other one of the other Facebook groups uh, related to uh, they might be giants. Um, uh, we can swear, can't we? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Got the explicit yeah, so, logo. Yes. <laughs> they might be shit posting, as the name suggests, is primarily for shit posting about they might be giants. Um, there was a while ago. I don't know if you remember. Uh, this thing came out where it's like you choose which of the MCU movies you liked, and then it came out with a ranking. Okay. And then a, yeah. a meme spawned off that where it was had like the list of what the however many movies it was, and it was like there is no objective list, blah blah blah, and then right at the end it said Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So um, there was some, you know, text-based meme going around in TMBS 
about ranking the various uh, They Might Be Giants albums. And I basically did a similar thing, you know, with 22 albums saying, there is no objective, blah, blah. And then right then I put Minka. Yeah. Because you had to put something in, I just thought that would be a joke. And then people were like, why Minka? And people got really, really defensive about it. Now, Minka <laughs> is probably one of my least favorite They Might Be Giants albums. I didn't realize so many people felt so treasured about it. So I'm like, well, if. Uh, if people really, really like this album, and this is a shitposting group, it's my duty to make sure people know exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> and that led to a, a whole torrent of, of memes, um, one of which I will be referencing in my first argument. So okay. that's where it all sort of came from. Okay. Yeah, I was actually the opposite in that I didn't realize that that people hated it really at all until I became part of the miscellaneous tea group. And, uh, I mean, on the internet, everyone's going to be even more opinionated than they would face to face so that's a well I'm, I'm sure this debate will 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 keep quite civil people are often meaner in text in typing than they would be even on a phone call but um how that works yeah right <laughs> wait oh you can see me oh my god no um <laughs> but you know i mean obviously people belong to miscellaneous tea because they love they might be giants you know, so even, you know, our least favorite They Might Be Giants album, we'd probably consider better than, you know, plenty of other bands' best albums, right? So it's all in good fun, you know. So I just, I had a good time with that. And um, I was just, frankly, just offended that anyone would, would hate it so much. I could understand not ranking it at the top. But I was like, what? So I figured we should sort this out. So we're going to have a little uh, debate here. We'll, we'll try to keep it civil though swearing is encouraged and uh, <laughs> yes i mean we're all in different locations so there won't be any fist fighting going on uh, really but uh yeah we, we could set up a, a, a time and place for that later but uh we'll so we'll have our little debate and then we'll put up a poll uh there will be a poll online for people to votes probably just for the patrons uh people that subscribe to my patreon because we want to make sure people are listening to the full debate before they decide right mm -hmm. we don't just want to know what you think about Ming car we want to know who you think won the debate right so so you guys ready to get started absolutely sorry <laughs> I've decided on a, a C. Is C the appropriate note for me to play for this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was more of a G sharp kind of debate, but that's all right. We'll go with C. Uh, yeah. Oh, G sharp. I don't know. Steve and I are band guys, so we'd probably call that an A flat. But I think we could agree. Yeah. On oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a little warmer. A little, uh, <laughs> you know, the spirit of respectful disagreement is definitely. <laughs> more encapsulated by the A flat. Yeah, yeah. Mind of a mind as to how bad the album is. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, uh, since Steve and I are pro Minkar, I was looking at some debate rules, and the affirmative gives the first speech. So, we're going to do... Does two minutes seem good? Does that seem Might about be a right? little long, but we'll see. Okay. It goes fast. Yeah, no, it's hard to tell. Um, Steve, do you want to kick off the, the two minutes or do you want me to? Uh, I can start. Um, okay. This... Are you ready? I'm going to start ready. my timer here. Okay. All right, go ahead. 
This album rules, guys. I can't believe <laughs> that anybody would say otherwise. Uh, I like it because I like it. No, but in all seriousness, uh, this is a really good record. Uh, it basically has all the genres you can have in one place. Uh, I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a showcase of the band's versatility, and they do all of the things they set out to do well. Are some of the songs rather silly? Of course they are. It's They Might Be Giants. And also, I think just from uh, an album that has a lot of hits on it, uh, I see a lot of Man It's So Loud in Here on people's favorites. Uh, I am, as you know, partial to I've Got a Fang. Uh, there's some really good singles on here that, uh, you know, showcase the band's ability. Uh, I think also that uh, the fact that the market has spoken that this is the only album that falls out of print is just a showcase as to people's utter lack of taste and uh, <laughs> that the market is wrong in this, this instance and uh, should be taken to test. However, iTunes has rectified this and you can still purchase this album there. Uh, and uh, with that, I yield my time to the estimable Greg Simpson to further <laughs> discuss my car. Yes, I'm going to back you up on the eclectic nature of the album, all the genres that are represented. And I think uh, what, what I'm going to probably make a better case for when I have a little more time later in the debate is that this is the most eclectic album stacking up against the self-titled debut, the Pink album, in that it has a ton of incredibly... Uh, catchy hooks and big rock songs alternating with weird genre experiments and some of which you know people are going to like and some of which people are going to not like but the eclectic nature is what makes the album so interesting to me so i think uh i can cue up an a flat here and there we go <laughs> okay so now we'll hand over the two minutes to the 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 negative crowd <laughs> so <The> negative <laughs> negative all right so uh let's uh get a introduction from uh gur and rich here are you guys ready okay rich you want to start off no you can start go i'll start okay all right all right <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't the same note. (laughs) I hit two notes at once. Sue me. So, um, (laughs) as you may have noticed, I I primarily communicate through memes. So I'm going to refer to a specific (laughs) Minkar meme, which I made to explain why I am anti-Minkar. And it is that change my mind meme, which, whilst in my toxic origins, was useful in this case. And what it said was, Minkar would have made an excellent EP instead of a mediocre album. Change my mind. That is going to be the crux of my particular argument, and I will be going through in excruciating (laughs) detail exactly why this would have been such a better experience if condensed down to an EP rather than a full-length album. Um, And with that, I will pass on to Rich. Okay, well, um, I'm of the opinion that whilst Minkar does have some excellent tracks on it, I do think that it is actually the worst album of all of the Giants albums. Ouch. Um, I would say that actually the the diversive stuff that, uh, as you pointed out, Stephen, um, is in your mind a benefit. I find it as a downside. I find it quite a discordant album that switches genres so frequently. It almost feels like um like a weird out pastiche album where everything kind of is like oh a parody of every every genre that you pass by. And um, I think also it contains a bunch of songs that were performed better in both demos and and eps and that um overall 
I find it an album that I quite struggle with. Um, I wouldn't say it's their worst album. The worst album would probably go down to something like Nanobots. Oh, but, um, ooh. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I think I, that's that's where I fall on Mink Car. Sounds like the and next the episode. That, and, the, and the fact that in the UK, <laughs> Mink Car was a very different album shows how discordant and unreliable the US version was. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Yeah. The the time limit thing that definitely makes it uh, uh makes you, different. It makes you uh, talk uh, briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. These. All right. <laughs> podcast over, guys. Yeah. Let's go home. It's Glad settled. We, uh, Wait, I, up. I feel like everyone made good points. Uh, I will uh, catch you all later. Uh, <laughs> um, should we discuss like uh, the different versions and uh, like what got released where? And uh, I think it's. I think you do raise an interesting point about whether this works as a cohesive album. Yeah. Um, I think uh, to address that point, I think. I think it's just to dis- agree to disagree because I think it does come down to like I where I find the uh, you put it well as a uh, sort of like almost there is sort of par- parody elements uh, to some of the genres they experiment with. Uh, I just I would believe they do it well. Yeah. And uh, and it's the other way around. Uh, the the experience of going from one to the other in rapid succession. I don't really have a reason other than. I enjoy the the being jostled around among genres, so I think mm. that's that's sort of uh, we're not going to find much common ground there. <laughs> but I yeah. do think it's interesting an interesting hypothetical you raised that uh, if this was an EP, um, I can't uh, I haven't attached faces to the photos uh, on my little square here, but uh, upper left for me, um, which songs would you have put <laughs> on the EP and why? Ah, so, well, that's going to go into the wider question of why would I take some songs off? And it's actually something which right. we refer to, which is the fact that there are superior versions of many of these songs in other places, and in general case, previously released as well. Right. So that's part of the reason why I'd say um, I wouldn't have taken them off this album, because why would I want to hear older with a very cliche-sounding sax intro rather than that guitar and bass interplay, which you get on Long Tall Weekend? for example oh well well if we need to uh, talk about the instrumentation on older we can but that is not a saxophone well that just shows <laughs> you how bad my ears are. <laughs> oh there are two instruments um, that even i had not heard of beforehand we can we can get back to older but keep, keep yeah, going we'll, on that point we'll keep going example, so I, I mean i'll go through a few um i don't think anyone can rightfully say that another first kiss is superior to first kiss of severe tire damage um mm. which is not to say that it's a bad version of the song it's just nowhere near as good as the version which you get on severe tire damage would um, you not call it that. almost a different song though being that they don't even have the same title it's like almost like a sequel yeah first kiss versus another first kiss but mm-hmm. I, although i would well, probably, it, it, I, probably interject that actually another first kiss has um a a lot of elements to it which are i don't know a bit a little mopey and it, I'm trying to think how best to describe how I feel about another first kiss versus first kiss. Well, there's yeah. definitely some darkness on the album generally. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I'm just going to go through. Just yeah. What else was remade the there? Um, yeah. Uh, so um, I prefer the version of Edith Head on Long Tall Weekend with that higher vocal register as well. Um, bangs. Now, I didn't know if this was the McSweeney version or a different version 
version, but there is a version which has drums coming in much later, a different guitar solo, and that synthy, that harpsichord sounding synth thing, which was very reminiscent of everything, uh, everything right is wrong again, um, which I think is so much better than the album version. I don't know um, if I've I heard that. Oh, well, I'll, I'll send it across to you. Um, it's, I think, a much superior version. I think the album version meanders a bit. It doesn't build really much. The only thing which adds later on is a slight vocal counterpoint or counter melody, but it doesn't really add much. Whereas this, with the greater building of instrumentation with the drums coming later, I think gives it some momentum that the album version lacks. Mm. So those are all songs which I would have taken off of Minkar as an album because they are available in other and better versions. I'd possibly add to that um, working on to cover the man, which I think is a great song, but I love the other songs on the EP of that as well. So if you take those aside, I would have taken Cyclops Rocks, which I think is by far the best song on the album. Man, it's so loud in here. Um, Hovering Sombrero, Hope Speak Despair, and I'd probably add Boss on, of Me just because it was on the UK version, and I'd have that as mm. an EP. Wow. I think you can take that, you can take the work undercover for the man EP and put those two together. Those are incredible two EPs to have released one after the other. I so know, that's, I, it's, it's slightly contentious. Yeah. I'd probably also put on there, though, Drink and My Man, because I find yeah. those two tracks to be particularly, uh, um, especially good. But songs like Mink Car, they're quite weak in comparison. And, and I would say that actually, going back to the idea of it being... Um, different versions of the songs i would say that uh, the demo versions of man it's so loud in here are superior to the album version with its really? long build-up that mm. well, the, the man that's so, it's so loud in here on the album version has that whole uh, building up did, did, da, 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 and then it cuts back to just this simple beat and then it breaks into a verse right meanwhile you've got demo versions which breaks straight into the chorus from that opening opening four beats and all of a sudden you're just in the song and mm. that's a far better way to start. Mm. That combined with there's there's um there's obviously the uh the more rock version of Man It's So Loud in here, right. which doesn't work quite as well because it's not got that dance ele- Euro dance element to it. Yeah, you but know, I've actually, actually recorded uh, that episode. So the episode it hasn't been released yet, but the episodes I've recorded uh, so far, obviously I've got a Fang uh, working undercover for the man has also aired. Uh, and then, yeah, I just recorded Man It's So Loud in here with Colin Clive of Mustard Plug, a band <laughs> that Steve and I grew up on. Oh, yeah. And not only did we do an episode, I'll go ahead and say this because I think it'll be behind the wall on Patreon when this comes out, uh, or, the, or that episode may beat this uh, coming out, I'm not positive. Me and him are collaborating on a cover of Man It's So Loud in here, nice. which is pretty wild because I grew up on that dude's music. Um, and him and his side project is called the war between, uh, him and this other guy up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, they recorded their parts. They've sent them to me. I'm starting to record my parts. I've got my trusty analog synthesizer right here. Oh, I've been yeah, starting yeah. to, yep. Juno. the Juno Steve's heard plenty of the Juno, uh, cause I got it when we were in college rooming together. <laughs> And, uh, so that, so I've, uh, this episode has not been released, but in talking about that song, we were talking about the rock version and we talked all about the arrangement and stuff like that. It is, I mean, I, I guess I haven't gone through and ranked my favorite songs. I mean, I could tell you the top few, but man, it's so loud in here would be way, way up there on the list. And really in any iteration, I think it's a great song and, to go against, I guess, I guess to go against the point of the fact that songs are released uh, in different versions, 
Um, I would hope that as they might be Giants fans, we would uh, give way to the Johns as having the final say in what the best <laughs> versions of their songs are, right? Um, oh, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we think we're say, better than the Greg, Johns, then. Well, no, I, th- I think I think the the Johns' work represents their opinion of what the best version of the song is, and mm-hmm. the the consumer of any art, uh, sure, you know, has their opinion as to how they perceive that art. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I think on that point, I would defer to the opinion of Mr. Greg Simpson on the Black Ops episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that the Black Ops rock version in that case the rock version is better than the album version. Uh but with Man It's So Loud in here, it definitely has to be the dancey version. And both Colin and I were pre- pretty perplexed as to why they don't attempt to do the dance version live cuz like Marty will go and sit at his little uh drum pad, his electronic drum pad and do certain songs like that. But you can pull off a dance beat on a full kit too, and and Linnell could play the synths and all that. I don't know why they feel like they need to completely redo that one. Because I think that was kind of an experiment that they really haven't gone to to dance music to that degree, other than maybe uh, Am I Awake. They haven't done many more songs in that style. So that kind of makes it special and, and turning it into a rock song kind of strips. Yeah, strips maybe, that maybe away. also you've got the chuck in that pile. Um uh, the, the the women's bird mix of oh flipping heck what's the song called again? Sorry, uh, um, I'd also add I think Bass has got to hit me. Oh, uh, well, Bass wants to hit me as a little bit of that element to it as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, whoops, sorry, the world's address. That's what I was thinking of. So oh, the, I, the I remix to, uh... of it, sure. Yeah, I mean a remix I would say is a little different as far as the Johns actually making a dance song like a dance club kind of song they haven't haven't done True, it a whole lot the, but admittedly all of the the dance work on mint car of course comes from elegant too so it's very similar to doing the just stuff with just joshua fried mm-hmm. i would concerned. i suppose yeah some collaboration yeah yeah true well, the, do uh... more, they do great version of pet shop boys basically which you know i want to hear more of that mm. yeah they mentioned pet shop boys yeah there um so I don't I don't know I mean is it uh, would it make more sense for us to just go song by song I mean obviously I'm going to be doing episodes on all of these eventually and we're we don't want to spend ninety minutes on seventeen songs <laughs> uh, maybe but maybe do a maybe do a essential or uh, you know like a, a quick blurb about like what's good about it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, we can do that. Um, there's 17 of them. <laughs> okay, so how about we go back and forth with, you know, we don't need to time in exactly two minutes, but we could do, you know, a short blurb on the affirmative and you guys on your rebuttal, or they're like the ones that you said you wanted to keep. We could be in agreement on some of the mm. stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's jump to Bangs. Bangs! You talked a little bit about Bangs, and I would have to go and check out those other versions. It turns out... You said something about this version being, I don't think long-winded was the phrase you used. Meandering. Meandering, whereas it's actually 30 seconds shorter than both of the previous versions. Because there was a McSweeney's and there was a TMBG Unlimited version, it looked Mm -hmm. like. And I will have to check those out. But to me, Bangs is like a perfect opener, like that tremolo guitar effect at the beginning 
uh, Linnell's, you know, creaky melodic genius and just this like pop rock beat like this just real tight snare drum real toe tapping beat super catchy song about a haircut it's just it's just everything i want in they might be giants what, what do you think steve about banks uh i think it's uh, it's a good opener for where it sits i don't know if i would have put it there if i mean i don't I don't believe Mink Car to be a perfect record, but I enjoy it greatly. Um, I think uh, it is interesting that um, it's a very They Might Be Giants styled song. And so I, I think it's a good opener. Um, I might have led with, um, because the album's so eclectic, I might have led with a weird one. Mm. But um, I like it. I, I don't really have an opinion on the song as to where it falls in the album. Um, but I think it is a um, a good song, and it does it does what it needs to do, and it sets the tone for the record reasonably well. All right, Rich and Gur, other than saying that you think that perhaps the previous versions were better, um, what are your thoughts on Bangs as the Mink Car version? Well, uh, sorry, Gur, do you want to go first? No, no, no. Uh, you know, uh, Rich, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. I think all of them. Okay, cause... excellent. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that Bangs is uh, a, per- a really nice sort of uh, uh, a nod to the the '60s sort mm. of um, uh, sort of, um, uh, sort of Beatles, Beatlemania type explosion, uh-huh. which is something yeah. that obviously uh, uh, John and John are very much fans of. You know, with things um, uh, with the stuff and. Uh, venue songs for instance but i would say that bangs as Stephen points out is um is not necessarily the best leader to the album not the good the start's best runoff and i would say that the european version probably has a better edge on that by starting off with man it's so loud in here mm. even if uh, i would have i would have gone that direction as well even um, if i don't necessarily agree that the, the album version of man it's so loud in here is the best version i would say that it's it's good kind of it really powers you into the album and I think that Banks just doesn't do that. It sets up the albums in a way that doesn't really match the rest of it. Is there okay. some early 2000s era track ordering convention going on here, though? Because how is that like songs three and four in the late 90s were always like the singles <laughs> like yeah. on, on records that I would buy? I feel like today it doesn't matter as much because people don't listen right. to whole albums. Um, but yeah. I do feel like people that are sequencing albums um, take into account the streaming era uh, and will put the first two songs as the that what they think are the singles, the very first two tracks. Because, I mean, I run a couple of Bandcamp pages and can tell you from those stats that uh, in this day and age, if I released an album that was 17 tracks, I could probably get up to 100 plays on the first track before the 17th track would even get to 10 plays. That's just people's attention spans are just very short and they'd rather get a quick sample and then maybe they'd buy it or, you know, maybe they'd stream it in the car or whatever. But typically you get to your destination, you don't hear the end of the album and then it's just like, well, I guess I'd never heard those last couple songs. (laughs) But with the giants, they have a tendency to put up their biggest hits front and center. When you look at um, Flood, for instance, you've got um, Birdhouse straight up there. When you've got um, John Henry, Subliminal obviously wasn't a, a big one, but but Snail Shell is obviously the single off the album mm-hmm. as, the, as their primary cho- uh, choice, or Electra's primary choice at least. Well, you'll also see singles coming later, like uh, the guitar. I can't remember exactly where in the track listing that is, is a little later. Uh, Adam Gorn and I were talking on the See the Constellation 
uh, episode about why mm-hmm. a song as strong as as that is at like what like track eleven or something on Apollo eighteen. Like they yeah. they I think they sprinkle their. I think they're aware that, especially in the 2000s, they weren't necessarily going to have radio hits, like maybe college radio. But I think, I think they sequence their albums for their fans more than like just some Joe Schmo who's going to be like, "Oh, what's this band? Oh, first track, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, that's you know that that could turn them on or off. I don't, I don't know." Well, that's true. They, they were established at this. And point. of course, by that point in time, um, they they weren't confident in themselves. I don't think that you know because they hadn't hadn't got a record company pushing you know uh, screwing down their neck saying we need a hit and we need it here we need it here we need it here mm. because they had more freedom to do their thing they may have actually not um, produced a um, a track ordering that necessarily worked as well as it could do because they had nobody but to stand there and say you must put it in this order. But the other thing to remember as well is at this point they'd already re- released uh, Long Tall Weekend, which was online only. Yeah, and we're true. maybe already thinking that, you know, the album as a concept, you know, they've always been ahead of the curve there. So they might have been aware that it's maybe track ordering was going to be less important going down in the future. So it, it is, you know, them being early pioneers of that, they would have been more aware than perhaps of others that track listing might not be as a big a deal in the future. But I would say that uh, Mint Car does is, of course, uh, was, was primarily a released album. It wasn't an, an online streaming album. Uh, really, the only reason why it's it wasn't um, it didn't survive a long time in the marketplace was because of the whole situation with Restless and mm-hmm. the whole situation with everything happened in New York uh, around yeah. the time. So therefore, it, yes, it fell by the wayside. Actually, in the UK, because of the fact of Boss of Me. Uh, Mint Car was actually very successful over here, oh, yeah. and that's probably yeah. why they spent more time to actually reorder it rather than just release it the way it was in the US with songs that may not work in the UK. For example, you know, Sky skipping ahead, Wicked Little Critter, for instance. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think, I don't well, think I this album was, was well served by the, its release yeah. date uh, yeah. being what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you know, I think part of my argument for, for saying that uh, they didn't care that much about track listing was because there's no other excuse for putting Mr. Excitement at number four. <laughs> you know, that is that is one, you know, I typically like a, uh, I mean, I, having put out many albums myself, I've thought long and hard about track listings on my own original songs, and it is so hard I mean, you can focus group out to friends and family and be like, okay, what are the, you know, what are your opinion? What are the best songs? It's so hard when you're inside, you've helped create those songs. You know, what are, what's the hits? Especially like you said, there's, there wasn't Electra, like big CEO types being like, oh, this is the single you got to put this, you know, wherever. Um, But I think Mr. Excitement would be the one track where I wouldn't defer to the Giants. I, I would, I would agree with you and say that, that should be lower on the track list. I don't think it should be excluded because I like it as kind of a weird outlier kind of song. Um, but I probably would have maybe swapped it with, I would have put like Wicked Little Critter up there at number four because I love Wicked Little Critter. Drop Mr. <laughs> Excitement down and just, yeah, probably probably do that because you want another mm. first kiss where it's at because you don't want that low-key song until maybe track five. But mm. um I don't know. Let's 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 go back up to Cyclops Rock. Is that one that we're in agreement that it is awesome? Love that song. Yeah, no. Uh, Cyclops yeah. Rock as a song is a really powerful song. 
Um, I would say that under a different um, mixing and mastering agent, it would have been a much more powerful song. Okay, so what but, don't you like about it? Because I know you do some oh, producing and stuff. Rock, yeah, rock. in terms of it being a song, it's, it's fantastic. And re- it really is. Is um, it's balls to the wall. It's really, uh, really kind of gets itself out there. But I would say that in terms of um, its dynamics, it's it feels like it should be all rock all the time, and it, instead mm. it feels very much like the instrument's a bit more spaced out, like it's, it feels like it has room to breathe, which it really shouldn't do. Hmm. So but what are you thinking, like, itself. yeah, like, okay, so, yeah, just as, as two, you know, producers here, I, I think Cyclops Rock, um, I'll go get a beer. <laughs> I think they're going for like a garage rock kind of thing and that there is a little bit of, you know, either high gain or, you know, some sort of distortion on Flansburg's vocals. They're going for that kind of um, almost punk in a way, kind of all around distorted kind of production. And maybe along those lines, if they're thinking of it kind of like a punk song, they don't want it to sound too like thick and overproduced they want it to just sound kind yeah. of raw that's what i always kind of thought about that i would okay. contest though that actually um having the random inclusion of chaos matthews because she happened to be in the area at the time um actually really helps to power the song through it's a it is a really strong song mm-hmm. yeah that, that, oh, yeah, that I, bridge I mean, is interesting for sure yeah yeah, now the song, I, I mean, you might remember the height of the Mink Car sort of was, uh, as it was, I put up a, my ideal version of Mink Car and the link to Spotify playlist and it was literally just Cyclops Rock and nothing else. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, come now. Yeah, it, it's a great one. Also, I think a lot of us hold uh, some nostalgia for it as well as um, people that are fans of their documentary, the gigantic documentary mm-hmm. uh, that was made right when Minkar was a Minkar was the newest stuff at the time, and the opening montage, the opening credits starts out with that bing bong bing, and then right into it, and it's you know it's a medley of songs, but starting out with mm-hmm. Cyclops Rock was just like the perfect song. It's a new song, but also like a destined to be a classic. Uh, mm. was was a great song to kind of kick that movie off with. So I, I think that, that helps its staying power within the fandom. Mm, definitely. Mm. And I think that the also the e-postcard stuff that he did back in the early 2000s um, is to, to go along with that song really helped it to get a lot of traction on the internet as well. I do recall watching that when, you know, back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. I mean... Let's see. So this came out in 2001. So Steve, you and I were, well, let's see. We were juniors. Yeah. 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. We had just started our, we had just started our junior year. Yeah. So, I mean, we had like, what, what did they call that at the time? The T1 internet? Like you still need to be in the wall. Oh yeah. Right. Just like, Hey, our internet's so fast. I remember going on the TMBG clock radio site, which they had around this time. I don't remember the E postcards though. I don't remember that. They were kind of little flash videos um, yeah. that they, they streamed on thing because of course flash didn't wasn't particularly so big so therefore un, unlike video stuff it could actually get a lot of imagery out of it but with yeah much space I mean at the time I had a 56k modem you know good old kind of high speed internet mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so. Uh, Okay, so let's just yeah, well, Cyclops Rock is great. You know, we can nitpick the production for sure, and of we we have our opinions on that. But 
Great song. Um, yeah. That could be a potential opener as well. I mean, that's something that could have opened the record instead of bangs. But it's it's up near the front, so I think it's got pretty good placement there. Uh, so, mm-hmm. man, it, man, it's so loud in here. We already talked about quite a bit. But I think, I mean, I think overall opinions, um, I know you guys were talking about earlier versions. Uh, is this another song we're pretty much in agreement about? Like, it... It should be on the album, right? Didn't you say, girl, this yeah. is one that you would keep on the yeah, album? I, I, I would have put that on the EP, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Minkar EP in this alternate yeah. universe that you've created. <laughs> I, I, I think it's the best song on the record by a lot. Uh, and it's, it's an achievement just in a genre that they don't normally do a lot of. And it's... Mm. Um, I, I could see hearing this in a club, and it's, it's, a, it's, good, it's a really good song. Oh, and also, too... Further confirm that it is a great song. Uh, this episode has not uh, been released yet because I haven't finished recording it due to technical if- difficulties talking with John Darneal of the Mountain Goats. Uh, we recorded half of an episode on Apartment 4, which is on the kids' album. Here come the one, two, threes. Um, he, uh, just to, to briefly tell you what, you know, what you'll be hearing from him, is that he was really into They Might Be Giants in the 80s, and then around Flood... He started getting more into like metal and goth music and kind of forgot about They Might Be Giants for a while. But then when uh-huh. he had it when he had a kid in the early aughts, he bought their kids' albums. So that's why he he likes Here Comes the One, Two, Threes a lot. But he mentioned out of every song that came between Flood and the Kids Albums, he mentioned he's like, What was that song about it being really loud? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, it's so loud in here. He's like, Yeah, I remember hearing that one and thinking that was just priceless and just dead on and so john darniel probably right up there just as another john all these johns that are great songwriters he thought that man it's so loud in here is an amazing song and that stuck out to him among you know like the hundred songs they wrote between uh, in they, that, they that did, gap they did that one on conan it looks like yes they did and uh yeah we we talk about that on the episode that i did with colin uh clive and they have the tape player rolling kind of old school style. The reel to reel tape player rolling is the backing track mm-hmm. for them, which is pretty cool. But nice. let's go, let's go ahead and move on to one that might take a chunk of time here. Let's talk about oh. Mr. Excitement. Let it be known. They might be giants. Doty, the elegant two, Mr. Excitement. We're going to end the free portion of the episode right there to hear the rest of the great mink car debate. Go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to get these exclusive episodes as well as a bunch of others. Hope to see you over there. Thanks for listening.